I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going, so I opened up. We were only the small little fish out there, so we are in there. We're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the brakes when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. A PR disaster, lads. Another GA PR disaster is how this has been described. So there's only one place to start, and that's Nave Column Kill club in Donegal who were hit with a two month suspension it was the minimum suspension that they could have got it's a proposed suspension um, they allowed one of the pitches be used for a fundraising event which was a soccer tournament um, and it's for one of their club members um, and coaches Paul Dillon who was diagnosed with motor and neuron disease so I, I don't know what to think about this they asked for permission got denied permission went ahead anyways so on the surface of it, I'm looking at the organising committee and I'm having very little sympathy for them. I'm having little sympathy for the club because they allowed this to be played dis- without having permission. Now, you can say the rules are a load of nonsense. You can say whatever. The fact of the matter is there are rules there and that's it. And they ignored the rules and they've got a ban. So on the surface of that, it's hard to feel too much sympathy. And then you dig down into it a little bit and there's, there's loads of li- different factors on this and the second pitch that they played on used to be the parish's soccer pitch mm-hmm. and it, the GA are leasing it from the local parish or something and peop- local people still call it the soccer pitch and the first pitch was being used by the, the GA ground the club are saying they leased it to the event or they allowed the event organise they didn't hold the event themselves they just allowed the organising committee hold the event they played a bit of soccer it was for a great cause it was community spirit there isn't another soccer pitch nearby mm. 
now I'm thinking it's a little bit loud. What, number one, it's a complete weasel that squealed on them. Yeah. <laughs> number two, I'm having more sympathy. Apparently, like, he was a big, big GA man, but his circle of friends who would have organised this tournament would have been more soccer-based and he would have been soccer as well. And it was more natural in his circle of friends to hold a soccer tournament. Do you know what I mean? Than a Gaelic football one. Because I was thinking, if this is a fundraiser, why play soccer? Why not play seven-a-side Gaelic football? Why not have a long kick competition? Why not have a... I don't know. There's a whole lot of fundraising ideas. So I don't know what to think of it, lads. I'm have, I'm, I've gone from the side of thinking they deserve their band to thinking, ah, Jesus, there's a little bit more to this. If it's the local soccer pitch, like, really, yeah. you know? I think that... I think the... Uh, I, I, I think maybe they might get off this ban. It's such a such a tiny area as well, Newton Cunningham, where where Neve Neve Colin Kill is. Yeah. So, like you have Derry, you have Burt, and then it's like a road out to Letterkenny, and you wouldn't even know that you passed that area along the way. Like it's just on the side of the road, and yeah, there wouldn't be a lot of facilities there, and like yeah, big soccer areas as well. So obviously that was the best way of bringing in more people to play in the tournament, and yeah. obviously raise more funds. But I think probably why they might get off it as well is that some of the punishments over the years from the GA have been inconsistent. So what was it they gave Nemo Rangers a warning back in 2010 remember they had been leasing out their grounds for soccer training and then that club in Longford got a fine but like their senior team wasn't you know missing games or anything like that so the punishments have been sort of inconsistent and the only other thing as well that I think and it's a really important point is that there's five aside games going on in GA grounds all around the country on floodlit astroturf yeah. well no well I, I'm just wondering like did, did they kind of um, did they cause trouble for themselves by asking for permission in the first place because yeah. when I saw this story first I was thinking well I've played at soccer tournaments on GA grounds I'm not going to name clubs obviously but I, but I, but I have and I'm like, I'm like Kilshima anyways <laughs> <laughs> can I just state uh, with absolute clarity that Kilshima was not the club Kilshima chairman is pulling his hair <laughs> exactly. out here but no I, I've, I've played soccer tournaments on GA grounds and I didn't think it was a I thought it was as long as a, like a club organised thing that it didn't necessarily have to go through the GA obviously it did so I'm just wondering whether because the request was made that somebody might have said listen keep an eye on these guys they put in a request for this tournament to take yeah. place on this day let's see did they go ahead and do it anyway yeah. and then decide to clamp down on it it just I know like uh, I get where you're coming from with the kind of they did contravene the rules and stuff like this but it just I just think it looks terrible um, just with, like it was a uh, like it was a great day out for like a very worthy cause a guy that's much loved in the community and then for like all that's come out of it since is the GA looking terrible for imposing a eight week ban on the club as a result yeah I, th- I think like I mean Paul Dillon has said who's the um, fellow who obviously the fundraiser was for he said whoever reported this I'd like them to come and see how I get through everyday life which is a great point like what, yeah. a, tr- what a troublemaker would do that anyways a bunch of lads I've run about with all my life decided to come together and raise money so the home could be made wheelchair accessible. The pitch it was played on, it was the local soccer pitch. The GEA have at least, but it is the parish grounds as well. So, like, I mean, it is a bit rich if the GEA is leasing this from the parish <laughs> grounds to be... Like, I'm, I'm more on the opinion that this will be this will be just brushed. But another thing, and you said that soccer tournaments, it's different if... I, I don't want to see soccer tournaments played on GA grounds maybe I'm being a bit old fashioned and not progressive enough but I think there a lot of maybe in a small parish like that it's different but I know in Port Leash there'd be fellas in the soccer club who would hate the GA and in mm. Dublin even more so and they think then like you have Damien Duff and these fellas coming out to Lee Miller and they're running the GA down because all of our facilities are like the envy of the professional 
codes the rugby and soccer had to hire out Croke Park and it's the same all over all these fundraisers are fine but there's fundraisers every weekend for different things where does it stop I do think the GEA I have a little bit like if the rule is there what are you going because there's good causes all the time so do you have the local soccer club holding events once the cause is good does the GEA have to just say well Jesus it's a cause here open our doors here you go play play a soccer tournament with a crowd of fellas who hate us and have no interest in GEA so I do you get my point? Where does it stop? You're right. The, the rule is there. I, I don't personally like it. I think the rule is old-fashioned. I think it's like sort of there. Just It seems a bit anti-English. It's like very old. Just, you know, no soccer being played here. No foreign sports. But but there, no, but I, even regardless of the English thing, it's a serious competitor. Why are you going to allow your competitor yeah. use your grounds? Like, it's taking your players from the community. There, don't, don't think we would ask one of our... Sell to, to one of our competitors, come on in, use our studio, lads. And a lot of these clubs, like, yeah, you're all playing soccer and stuff as well like yeah. there's a lot of I do think in small commun- communities yes because it's a huge crossover but in bigger towns and especially in Dublin it's not that case like I mean there's cl- clear yeah. kind of segregation almost between the soccer heads and the GEA heads and there wouldn't necessarily yeah, and play each other sports it, might, it might, might sound like kind of small details in the, in the general scheme of things but the amount of admin and effort that has to go into these fundraisers when you're talking about insurance and stuff like that that the GA also has to worry about so there's that to take into account as well but I do think in this case it was because these facilities were the you know the best equipped for what they wanted to do at the time so yeah. but I, I absolutely take your point like your wider point about the GA just being expected to open its arms to all comers which yeah. is which that, that's not fair in the GA like. yeah no I completely agree so Darina Friel she's a former chairman of the Nave Column Kill club and she said uh, we did not host the actual tournament it was the fundraising committee that came and asked us for the facility we didn't have anything else in the parish that would accommodate such a big turnout of people for the health and safety and well-being of people we offered the facility and offered the clubhouse for making tea and sandwiches I think that's enough there mm. I think this sh- I think that's the end of that uh, like I've been to Newton um, I actually saw a new town um, written down in the reports and I know Newton and Newton from knowing Brendan of Anywell have been there with him and I just went Newton? Newtown? <laughs> <laughs> is this the same place? Yeah. And I went jeez the Newton boys are sound like I mean so listen I'm totally on the Newton side of it now so let, let them off let them off the ban and this was, a, this was definitely a, a kind of a, a one off thing where the pitch number two was the soccer bloody pitch Yeah, come on now if you're leasing it off the parish and the parish want to use it and now you're going to ban them for using it no I'm completely on Newton's side now <laughs> since Devenny reminded me that it's Newtown is Newton that's it so now just following on from this story so Damien Comer has been in the in the news this week he's I think he was at a Connacht uh, football launch and he's not back till June he has had a very slow recovery from his foot injury that he sustained mm. playing soccer <laughs> <laughs> playing soccer on Stevens's day was that like, game I mean, authorised by the GA yeah, that's what I wanted to know well this is the thing well to be honest in Port Leash the Port Leash uh, football team always have a soccer five a side mini tournament on Stevens on Stevens's day down in the local town hall <laughs> uh, <laughs> AstroTurf right. pitch they don't have it on I've never seen soccer outside Mick O'Dwyer used to be a great fan of playing he didn't call it soccer he called it ground football <laughs> so on a Monday <laughs> on a Monday after no on a Monday after a match say if we've won a match and you're there on a Monday or Tuesday he might play ground football for the first 20 minutes <laughs> well, we used to do that too to the, to the extent that you'd be disappointed if you turned up a trade on a Monday and there wasn't and there wasn't 
ground football, yeah. yeah. So we were like, you'd be kind of disgruntled if there wasn't ground football. And uh, Shermiko wouldn't have the first notion of the ground football. And it'd be amazing, like you'd have Bino McDonald, who one of the most skillful, best Gaelic footballers you'll ever see, dummy solos off both feet. And the man can't play soccer to save his life. Isn't it weird? Like, I mean, it just s- s- certain fellas. Um, but yeah, he... he, uh, he fractured a bone in his foot in the charity soccer game on St. Stephen's Day and hasn't featured for the county team at all this year so like I mean he's a huge loss and I think Connor he might get back for the Connacht final but maybe not but like I mean what kind of shape is he in especially mm. with a, a broken bone in his foot so he hasn't been able to run for a long long time so yeah. that's fantastic news from Mayo <laughs> point of view Absolutely yeah I do hope he gets back to himself but not until after that I'm just like uh, I'm surprised he kind of reve- I uh, this is the first I heard that Damien Comer had actually broken his foot in a soccer game Kept it quiet alright so I was surprised that he revealed it for a start and second of all I don't think Damien Comer will be playing in that uh, charity game come Stephen's Day next year. Yeah, well, who who was it? Or Rory, Rory McElroy didn't he do his? Uh, he went over oh, yeah, his ankle yeah. in a five aside. It's think a it, soccer lad. Yeah. <laughs> stay away from this. It's don't think he's played five aside since. It's like a Me Too movement here. Yeah. <laughs> GA players coming out of the woodwork and owning up to their soccer plan. Yeah, soccer bloody injuries. But anyways, that's it. So, oh yeah, James Horan on that Connacht final, potential Connacht final. Because I was thinking of live shows earlier today, and I think if Galway play Mayo in the Connacht final it would be crazy not to do some sort of a live show in around that but uh, James Horn has been in the press because he was at that same um, he was at the same launch as Damien Comer and he was talking about commitment for players and it is a pet peeve of mine and usually I love James Horn and I'm usually com- complete agreement with what he says but he's talking about uh players loving what they do and this idea that there's too much commitment involved is a lot of nonsense and he says I know young swimmers in Castle Bar that are spending more time in the pool than inter-county players are on the field I know an amount of, of track cyclists middle-aged men who are spending more time on their bikes and no one knows or cares that they're doing it I have never bought into that you ask any player they love what they're doing it's sacrifice is the wrongest word going uh, yeah it's I think it's important that their work-life balance integration is right that's fair enough but I, I mean I always talk about individual sports versus team sports so there's 30 fellas on a team sport with all different varying levels of commitment or how much sacrifice it takes where the first 10 might think this is bloody easy I love living my life this way the second 10 might go this is tough enough mm. but I'm able to do it and I'm living okay and then the last 10 might go I'm finding this hard I'm well good enough to be on the team even but I find a struggle to commute the family life all those things I find that really difficult and in team sports you have a training session at a certain time like I see now in the evenings with the two children and Port Leisure training and it doesn't suit me to go in the evenings because I'm only landed home from work and it's had them all day whereas I like to go to the gym in the mornings and get that done it's on my own time so I'm happy to train just when I want to so for an individual it's such a and I have heard Kieran McGinney saying the same thing it's, it's, you can't compare a team level sport with 30 different fellas to some bloody middle aged man who likes to go out on his bike whenever he wants yeah. or every evening <laughs> like mm. I mean he's in one of the 10 that finds that commitment easy yeah isn't it amazing when you do sort of when it's winter or you've taken a year out or whatever how much work that you are willing to do then you think you're sick of all the training but it's actually not it's just having your own time back like yeah. you end up doing more work you go to the gym you go out and kick the ball you do runs even 
but you're doing it on your own time and it's not somebody saying you have to be here at this time ready to go out and then like giving you all the information in the world texting you going to video sessions even at club level like there is just such a big commitment and it is that idea that it is on somebody else's time which makes it the hardest yeah so I think arguing that it's not a sacrifice I don't know anyways listen we leave James Horn anything to add say to that or you don't want to go up against uh, the manager no don't don't no I just think I think his wider point about work life balance I think is yeah and is he's very good on that and he is very good and to be honest all the all what you hear coming out of the Mayo camp whether it's from what's on the ground in Mayo or even Lee Keegan was talking about it publicly last week and even Mayo's the Mayo squad's attitude to drink bands and stuff like that the Mayo camp does seem like a particularly enjoyable camp to be in and I'd say that's a lot down to the fact that James Horan has such a, an emphasis on getting the work-life balance right I think that's it and I think it, it maybe two years ago was it there was such a focus on codes of conduct and all these came mm. out I think it's almost shamed managers into it you know what I mean yeah. it's like the, yeah. I think managers are doing the right thing now and I think that I think culture so. is kind of changing for the better and especially with Lee Keegan and James Horan and these fellas saying things like that that Definitely. does absolutely no harm um, so the CPA have released a statement um, and uh, it was Michal Brody and his secretary uh, Michael Higgins detailed their frustration and they were calling on club players to stand up for your club against continued inaction so they said we have, st- we have stated since the start of this process that it's not who is right but who but it's not who is right but what is right we know now that what we're saying is right because we have kept the fixtures issue on the agenda everyone agrees it is a problem that needs to be solved whether they like us or not for saying that is irrelevant that's the GA we cannot say with certainty that we're being listened to at management level but we know players are are listening so we're now looking for action and not words as GA members we already know what we are but but we also know what we could be if our leadership can find the courage the will and the foresight to move decisively on fixtures the proposed fixtures this is the important part the proposed fixtures group properly constituted presents an opportunity for a real lasting legacy beyond a new manifesto published and promoted at a cost to the GEA so they are talking about meeting the GEA um, a proposed fixtures group was supposed to be set up Uh, nothing has happened on it Mm. It's just uh, been forgotten about, and the CPA. I've said this all along. Sure, the CPA haven't made really much difference so far. I, I I agree with everything they want to do. I didn't agree recently when they, uh, where when they opposed the Cork motion of giving club players a few matches during the summer. Um, it's so obvious that a fixtures group needs to be set up to fix the fixtures. Why GA management don't seem to want to do that, I don't know why they don't want to let the different um, players' bodies in to try and help it when everybody's very, very clear to every logical thinker that it needs to be fixed. So I don't know what their next their next uh, move is. I just wonder, CPA. what did the CPA want to do when they say, you know, they're calling on the club members to kind of stand up and be counted, whatever? Like, is it because... They've 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 gone down a diplomatic route from the start, and they seem yeah. to be they're they're not advocating for strike action. They don't want the militant roach either. Yeah. But what they seem to want is what they want club players to. What the only way they can really influence it is by attending executive meetings and suggesting that motions be put forward at county board level. The problem is that you're dealing with. I think county. I think a lot of club players are happy to kind of 
uh, happy to tell their stories about like horrible fixture arrangements and stuff like that what they're not so willing to do is actually go out and attend these meetings and actually that's the only way can, they can do it but like with all due respect to the CPA I think they're banging their head against the wall to a certain extent but they, bo- they, they went to these meetings whether they went to these <coughs> meetings they got motions to Congress mm. and they were laughed at yeah they've had no success they are they, they, they called are, that crowd yeah you know? that crowd so what their next move is I don't know because they I, I think if this if there was a strike I don't think I think the GA would see it out I don't I think clubs would eventually fold there's no financial pressure on the GA mm. it's embarrassing to them but is it enough you know like and their membership is big but it's it's not big compa- compared to all the club players that are out there and if you've got teams in a county competing and other teams with the majority of the, it's it's fair a strike for the CPA is very very messy and mm, I don't yeah. see how it can be successful I've always said it and I'll continue to say it unless they get the GPA on board who are club players too what are they doing why are they not joining up with the GPA who are the cash cow why are they not creating an alliance there like I mean there's a huge vacuum since the GPA have jumped ship into a more of a player welfare body sign up all their players as CPA members and use them that'll soon yeah. change things I'm not sure they're doing that the biggest the biggest worry for the CPA is that you know they, they can't strike because GA players are resilient they put up with a lot of shit and then yeah. they get on with it and get ready for the next game because that's what mm. they have to do get ready for the next game and they do get a lot of games in there but their biggest problem is that there are spikes of anger and it'll happen again it'll probably happen in the summer when a, a county yeah. says that no more club Does, games are happening yeah. or yeah. whatever you know and then we'll all be angry again and then you and move on yeah, it dissolves and again. then your championship starts yeah, and then exactly. in, you forget you, about it you know you forget about and it fall in love with it again and we're so used to it yeah. you don't know any better you don't know what it's like to play across the summer without any breaks or any county doing well and you getting screwed over it's been going on since I've started playing yeah. mm-hmm. club games are getting called off for the leash minors back in 96 yeah. Yeah. do you know like that's yeah. the reality of it like this isn't a new phenomenon so like I mean Jesus it would be great to get it fixed but it will never get fixed CPA while absolutely brilliant don't have the clout GPA yeah. have the clout but don't have the will anymore because they've, they're receiving funding. So, you know, maybe a, a, an amalgamation of the two players' unions and suddenly you have a representation of so much more and then you can make a stand. Yeah. That's probably all there is to say about that. Testify, will you? Yeah. <laughs> Caelan Sexton um, has dropped off the Clare panel. So he's the first one this year, unless I've missed any lads. I was on holidays last week. Um, every year now because of the new rule there's players leaving before the championship starts hard to disagree with Caelan Sexton Un- very unlucky for Clare he is a very good player um, he actually got their last minute goal to keep them up in, in Division 2 um, a guaranteed starter on their team is he? I think he's a guaranteed starter yeah he's a guaranteed starter at, f- at full forward probably such a good forward line forward. Like, you know, yeah. Gary Brennan with number 14 on him sort of takes up a position as well ah, Brennan's it? midfield no I stop. know but like it just takes up another you're, position you're, you're just going to stick Gary Brennan in there yeah. so Caelan Sexton <laughs> doesn't get on it so to, to, dis- to disprove me saying he's a guaranteed starter I saw a team sheet be temporary <laughs> and it wasn't so I know Sexton ha- well he has been a guaranteed starter since he made his debut anyways he's been on it all the time but uh, he, I can't blame him because Clare have been screwed again this year with Kerry in a semi final. So again, so it's it's <laughs> again, in- yeah. incredible how many times they've drawn Kerry in a semi final. And sure, he just knows he's his after that draw, his season's mapped out. He's played the league; they've stayed up, right? All games they've had a chance of winning, you know, relatively. Mm. Now they play the championship; they'll win the first round, then they play Kerry; they'll get beaten well, 
and then they'll be back in the qualifiers and it's just the same groundhog yeah. season you know what I mean so yeah. he's got a chance to isn't go to America isn't it terrible though that somebody can look at their well like, realistically look at their season so coldly and that like should be looking ahead to a summer like a great championship and thinking well to be honest I'm going to lose to we're going to lose to Kerry anyway so I'm just going to go to the States for the summer I mean like I, I can't blame him either yeah. but it's just a pretty very bleak outlook yeah. when well, you're welcome to the, the championship. Leinster Championship I know, I know, I know I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> just because you've got that great competition going on over there now with Roscommon Mayo true. and Galway this is well used to it like how I know, I know. like only that there's a little mini league in Leinster for the best of the rest hmm. to keep it some bit interesting there isn't that in, yeah. in Munster there's there's a serious competition I think in Leinster of best of the rest with Mead Kildare Leash Westmead oh, Offaly Carlo like I mean and a lot of them are on the other side with Kildare and Dublin on one side so like I think players in Leinster will probably still anyone on the other side to Dublin wouldn't have that same motivation to leave to be nice to get into a Leinster final but uh, yeah it's hard to disagree with Caelan for heading off there quick result there I just noticed Castlenock beat St. Vincent's last night 3-8 to 14 points um, they got two late goals to beat them Dear McConnelly still at centre back so whether that uh, I look through the Vincent's team and they look they don't look the same force as the as they they did they must be missing um, a few different fellas with injuries or whatever but it's still a group phase so Vincent's aren't out but I'm not sure Vincent's might be on the slide from the incredible force they were maybe two or three years ago just thought I'd mention that because I thought it was interesting but Trevor Giles was is in the media this week lads and he came up with some of the weirdest logic <laughs> I've ever come across again always disappointed when a legend that you love comes up with talks absolute nonsense because you have to pull them up on it and you don't feel any <laughs> bit right about, do, about doing it so it would break my heart to know Trevor Giles is listening to what I'm going to say here now <laughs> I don't have to say it well. <laughs> so he's talking about he was asked about Dublin um and their dominance or whatever so he says have Dublin come back a little bit maybe other teams have moved on we just haven't seen that in other years Dublin losing three league games look at Conor Callaghan losing a Sigerson semi-final look at Paul Mannion and Keena Sullivan losing a Leinster club final so some Dublin players are starting to experience defeat <laughs> we're completely different teams <laughs> in completely different competitions <laughs> why is that meant to me that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever read so Conor Callaghan losing a Sigerson semi-final <laughs> How many players from other counties are on that (laughs) that team? So everyone on that panel (laughs) has also suffered that defeat. And then you have a club match last December, which could potentially derail this five in a row. Like, you really are... Like, you know, everybody wants Leinster football to stop Dublin dominance, but you're stretching it there, Trevor. That is tenuous at the best. He started off well. Have Dublin come back a little bit. All right, Trevor, you're onto something here. (laughs) I'm listening. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's good. I find myself looking up the Leinster Club Championship and noticing Vincent didn't win last year. And I said, what am I doing? Why am I I going along with this? Strangest thing Trevor Giles has done since he cut the sleeves of his jersey that time. Oh, well, I love that. I used to roll mine up. Did you do it? A lot of people copycat. I rolled it up. I like, Jesus, if I cut it, the Leash County Board would absolutely. To kill me so you have to have Trevor Giles level of clout to be able to cut a jersey because it can't be used uh, again did you have Trevor Giles farmer's tan as well yeah. to go along no, with it I think I had a decent tan oh, yeah okay. no I would never just have the farmer's tan did he have the farmer's tan oh, gee, the, yeah, the off, worst yeah. case of farmer's tan yeah fair. Pat's Falan-esque <laughs> <laughs> did you have the arms they roll your sleeves up like, I wouldn't do it unless you had the I wouldn't have really that's skinny arms but when skin, you have really skinny arms the mu- you've, you've got muscle you right because you only have muscle <laughs> <laughs> you have nothing else so you look like you're toned but you're just scr- Ronnie, right? Uh, right, so anyway, Conor McGill, the Mead fullback, following on from this, was in the media this week, right? And he just, in pure GEA stereotypical interview answer style, he is just excelling himself. So he's asked about um, 
he's asked about the Leinster Championship or he's asked about the Super 8s first and he comes back with you can't look past the first round he says if you look past the first round to see who you might be playing the next day you get caught out right so this is just <laughs> this is just textbook stuff right <laughs> so everything we're doing we're just focusing on Offaly if we get over them then we'll look into a quarter final but you see it so often in the championship are one off games that the so called favourite might be looking past it and get caught on the hop boom <laughs> Andy McIntyre will yeah. be just going well yeah. done that, it's just this all is missing his long grass there that's, that, yeah. that's he's going to get put up a lot now over the summer for <laughs> yeah. interviews yeah so then he's asked another question which I thought was great and uh, he goes if you're just going out to make up the numbers there's no real point I think he's asked about Dublin here if you're just going out to make up the, up the numbers there's no real point um, we're going out there we want to challenge ourselves against the best put it up to them if we get to play them in there give it a go this is Dublin in Crow Park if we get to play them in there uh, give it a go and we're going to be going into we're, compete, we're competing to win Leinster we're not competing to try and make up the numbers and get knocked out and go through the back door You've just looked head to a Leinster final, yeah. Connor. <laughs> You're not going up right. to make up the numbers in a Leinster final, and you've got awfully to worry about. Yeah. This is all in the same interview, so you can't <laughs> look past the first game. And then we have a chat about a potential Leinster final against Dublin. <laughs> so all your good work. Undone. These these mead fellas, their heads are in the sky. Yeah. McGill overlooks awfully. <laughs> <laughs> McGill focusing on the dubs. This is going on awfully dressing room wall. Wait till John Mahon hears this. <laughs> It's a classic. Yeah. It all, this was all in the same interview. No, we'll not say, cannot look past Offaly. <laughs> well, if we get Dublin and Leicester final, he might have just heard Trevor Giles and think, well, I can't come up with Anton as ridiculous as Trevor Giles. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a good one. So there's some Calde- co- news coming out of Kildare, good and bad, mostly bad. Kildare are not getting anything easy. So Owen Doyle, their captain, is out with a muscle tear. They're waiting to see how bad that is because obviously he's a big leader for them and they need him 100%. Daniel Flynn is home and he's kicking ball with his club and uh, Keane O'Neill has gone to meet him and Daniel Flynn didn't take my advice last week where I advised him two weeks ago, when you're at home, play mm. and you're going to start the team, you'll have, have enough years when your county's going well and can get into Super 8s, don't make the same mistakes I made and maybe you regret a year you could have played. You can do your club thing when you're bloody 33 or 34. So he's not listening to me, Dan, even though he does listen to the podcast. Um, he's not going back in. So Keen O'Neill has been very fair about this and he says, to be fair to the man, he was always honest and upfront uh, about what his focus was for the year. But we said we'd keep in touch over the coming weeks. Myself more than anyone would love to see Dan back in a Kildare shirt, but you have to be fair to players as well. They're all adults and all humans. We'll keep in touch and see where he's at. So he's not closing the door at all. And then you have some positive news to hear now. Kelly who's been away travelling he's coming back um, and he's interested in coming back for Kildare so like I mean they, they'll have uh, they'll have him back and you know they, that will offset Daniel Flynn not mm. obviously not as good as Daniel Flynn but still a very good player at the same time so that's good that's good news and bad news um, and then I was reading that Kildare County Board have fixed championship uh, matches for this weekend um, the last weekend of the of the of the April, April for clubs, and then two rounds of the championship are to be played over the coming weeks. When Kildare are out on Saturday, May the eleventh, right? So it's mm. absolutely bizarre. So April for club. So then I fa- asked somebody in Kildare, "What's going on here?" And it's always been the way that Kildare would play their club championship even before the April for club. They played in the last month of April. 
So they just decided not to change it when they're given the full month uh, free. So Kildare inter-county players have played four league games throughout April and now will play two rounds of club games and they play Wicklow on May the 11th. So what break did they get after the league? Maybe like two weeks or something? Barely, yeah. And, and then six games yeah. Yeah, every consecutive week and then two-week break until the... And then you wonder, will there even be a two-week break? This week, if this weekend and then they'll have championship next weekend if they want to get two rounds done. So it's not even. And then Wicklow the week after? Wicklow the week after. And then you wonder why they lost to Carlo last year. I don't know how Keane O'Neill stands Jesus. for that. Like and I mean, the players have to be made available for the second championship game a week before well, they if, play. If it's championship, they you have think to so, be yeah. made available for that. Unless they played one last week and this is the second, this is the second okay. week one. Might have that um, a little bit wrong. But my God, that's an awful lot for an inter-county manager to have to put up with. It's very short preparation as well. Just for like Not even for one game, but for the whole championship. Like, you'd, <clears> you'd ideally want them all for at least two, three weeks going into the championship not your biggest competition that's very strange I'd be very, like I'd be worried if I was him we always cry about managers that are calling off club games and stuff but he should be even just pushing these forward yeah, yeah. no definitely I, he should be putting his foot down we know he put his foot down over uh, Newbridge or nowhere but like I mean the gas thing is and this is just my theory on it I don't know whether this is true or not but you know the old traditional GA way well what did we do last year this is the time we play our matches <laughs> this is the kind of old nonsense yeah. you'd be hearing at these meetings well I don't see why we have to change I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so like I mean it's always been done like that so it just never changes yeah. typical GA <laughs> how do you like I mean it's crazy stuff I'm going to leave you on one from Keith Redmond uh, Sligo Hurler we don't talk about Sligo Hurling very often on the show and he's been asked about a tiered system which I think um, is the right way to go and it's obviously in Hurling so they won the Nicky Rackard um, or they're starting their Nicky Rackard campaign this year and they won the Laurie Marr last year and he says the Nicky Rackard competition is extremely beneficial to me personally and us as a team the tiered system is brilliant as it allows us to compete at a level where we can set realistic targets of winning an All-Ireland in Croke Park. Amen. I Amen. I can't tell <laughs> you close. how much I hate that boot. Why? I was thinking there's no debate after this. Jesus, I was thinking, why does everybody have a God-given right to have a realistic target of winning an All-Ireland? You don't get that. Winning an All-Ireland is the hardest thing to do. Like, that's the top level. It should be hard. You don't just get a god driven right, create five tiers like the Hurling do. Well, and, get, and get you know, get to play at your level then and win an All Ireland. It's not an All Ireland, it's just a, a competition that we well, made is the is winning the Premier League or, or will Manchester Look, City when they win the Premier League be the best team no, in England? Or I, are the I best get team the tiered in the argument. I do I do get the tiered argument. I don't like it because I think we've got the league and it's a good cha- you know, it's a good structure. Ah, but it's in February that, and March. But that argument that's not I don't think that's good logic. Somebody saying that he wants to win an All Ireland and have a realistic target. That's not a reason to to do, I want to win an All Ireland, but it doesn't mean you get rid of every other team in the in the country and give me three games at my level to win an All Ireland. Ah, Connor, that's not what you do. Like you know, you get to a level where you're good enough to push on. So then, but, they, but he gets to a level by promoting by by getting promoted through. He, the, the, so they were right. So they were in the last his, year. They won the. But his won desire the to win an All Ireland isn't a reason to change. But now he's going to have I mean? a desire to win the next year that they go up to. No, but like it doesn't matter. Like his desire to win an All Ireland is not a good argument to change everything. Like we all want to win an All Ireland. Everybody's always wanted to win an no, All-Ireland. He's saying that, right, is is at a lower level to be given a realistic uh, competition that you can win more of a motiv- motivating factor than going out knowing that you can't win anything. Yeah, but like we, we have that in the league. Like that's what I'm saying. Sort of the but tier, you, like but yeah, but okay. Just there's, there's, acknowledge for, this, for a second that the league 
is practically a warm-up competition, unfortunately. Yeah, and that's our and fault. I think, in, I think that's our fault. In February and March, played in awful conditions when teams are doing training and you can't predict results because you don't know what they're doing. So then you get to the, the summer months and instead of having a tiered championship where everyone has a chance of getting to Croke Park, winning the level, Derry won Division 4, mm. um, Westmead won Division 3, all winning a competition. Do you not think that's better than lumping them all in together and saying, well... Uh, except for six maybe would have zero chance of, win- of winning but like, do you want to make it five tiers so everybody has a chance of winning because if you make it two tiers like, like if you have 16 teams in one tier like 12 of them don't have a chance of winning at all yeah no but they would have a chance of getting to Croke Park in an all Ireland quarter final I think if you're going with two 16s and all Ireland quarter finals every single team okay if you left out maybe London, Waterford and you never know Wicklow came from or Leitrim mm. came from nowhere you're talking about come a, getting to a quarter final now which should be played in Croke Park I would say you'd have 90% of the teams with a very very re- I'd say 100% of the teams yeah, with no. a realistic aim of saying Croke Park is our target lads and all are in quarter final mm, They I might just, not have a chance in a given year but five years down the line if they put the work in they'll have a better chance you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that just that, that, that quote realistic target of winning and all and I just thought that it really sat uncomfortable with me like, you know because it's So just, if you said winning a competition would but, that sit better Yeah but it, like that it's just a separate competition that's what we would be doing if we created all these tiers like, Okay so it's the All-Ireland is you have a problem with because no, you but say it's, it's like, not but nobody has that privilege just to go and win like the, the big competition like you don't just change everything because somebody wants to win something like uh, Derry's a good example Derry Division 4 nobody's crying about like you know give us an All-Ireland now that we can win at this level they're just trying to get a better team but they're they're a, like a traditional big team yeah. like they're embarrassed to be down there I d- we could go on all day yeah. trying to convince <laughs> Conan here he's got the, he's got the he's, in, he's got his Ulster says no hat on and there is, he's not for turning and that's it right listen we're going to leave it there we'll be back with DJ Carey and he's going to talk to us about football imagine that <laughs> <laughs> I'd never be allowed to go off and eat and have a shite like him and you know, a slob or whatever like I was always doing a bit I remember, all I remember is I thought I was going to get clobbered in the way in there I threw the ball up in there I don't know it was, it was pure luck no in fairness pure luck I put fucking bullshit as you see yourselves So the Kenny Minor footballers lost to Loud on Tuesday night by 8 points in a much better showing than the 70 point hammering they received in 2016 when they last competed at that grade and their manager Kilkenny legend DJ Carey joins us on the line now that's a big improvement um, DJ from 70 points down to 8 so you're doing something right <laughs> Yeah I suppose uh, it is it's a uh, um, you know it's a, it's, a, it's a victory in some ways I suppose Woolley in the sense that there was a a bit of time and effort put into uh, young fellas uh, as opposed to, you know, in fairness to management and players at that time, you know, it was only barely got together a week or so beforehand and even there's one or two young fellas played that were subs on their own football team. So uh, preparation was put in for this and, uh, you know, we lost four or five young fellas to hurling this year within the last few weeks, which was fine. There was no issue. Hurling is my number one sport. Uh, but at least we had 40 training at the time. So, you know, we still had 34 uh, still left. And uh, that, that meant that, you know, you weren't you weren't at the last minute, six or seven or ten lads being pulled off a football panel to go into the hurling. There was six guys or five guys 
But that that was fine because we had another 34 uh, that were prepared to play. So that was great. Right, OK. So you had enough fellas that you could cover it. And it, what is the policy with, with dual players, DJ? Like, that you, did, you, did you expect you were going to lose those six? Was the game, like, they couldn't play both? That's not the policy in Kilkenny? Uh, we had one. We had one chap that played uh, the two. Uh, John McNamara is on both. Um, no, not necessarily a, a policy uh, per se. But I, I would always felt along. And and when we, you know, when I when I volunteered to to do this, Willie, uh, you know, and and we had whatever fifty odd or sixty odd young fellas come in at the time. Um, I said to them, lads, don't give up, uh, you know, football. Don't give up any sport until you have to give it up. If you have to make a decision eventually, that's fine. But don't think you're going to be on a Kilkenny minor team in three years' time. Or as it turns out, at that time, you were looking at under 18 being minor. So don't think you're going four years' time, you're guaranteed, because it doesn't work that way. So stick with football, stick with soccer, stick with rugby, athletics, whatever else you do, stay with it. And when you have to make a decision, make it. So in the last few weeks, we'll say a few lads decided that maybe Hurling, because they were doing so much and inter-cert and our junior cert and all that was coming up, they were doing a lot, so they decided to go with one. And that was fine. That was absolutely no problem whatsoever. So myself and Richie Mulroney, who's the Hurling manager, with a, with a, with an understanding and uh, all it, it's an okay situation. All right, okay. I'm surprised to hear you're getting such big numbers because you know obviously the perception of Kilkenny is that it's hard to get a football team together. So you know, were you surprised you're getting forty lads interested, or how did you how did you come about getting that that many fellas wanting to play? Yeah, and 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 uh, to be honest, you know, one or two have joined recently or more recently within the last year. But the vast majority of those guys, Willie, were with us since they were under 14. Yeah. You know, but we might have lost a few uh, all along. And the nature of sport in general, no matter what sport you are, you, you're going to lose people. And that could be through lack of interest. That could be through, you know, the fact that they may think they're not going to make it. And and, and it doesn't matter whether it's football in Kenny or hurling in Kenny. There's just a natural progression of... Uh, fall off. But we were delighted uh, that we had so many at that uh, level uh, and that age group that stayed with it all along. And the difficulty then was, and even though, you know, and, and I, I mean this in the greatest respect to our place, we may not have the best footballers in the country, but it was very hard then, uh, you know, to just pick 24 when we had 36 on a panel uh, that that were uh, still ready and willing to play. So that was the difficult part, but I suppose that's that's our part that has to be done and, and young fellas fully understand. Yeah, you made the decision just to give people the context of this um, when Kilkenny lost to Loud, like I said in the intro, or lost to Wexford by, it was 17-20 to one point. So it was by 70 points they lost in, right. in the minors. Kilkenny pulled out of the minor then for three years. You took over the under-14s then in 2016 and now you've come up along through to minor with them at that stage. So you rang the county board chairman after that beating and wanted to get involved. Is that right? <laughs> That's right. That's right, Willie. Yeah. Some people, would, some um, people know, would think you were uh, mad. I, I was sure uh, most people think I'm a bit mad in some <laughs> ways anyway. But... Um, no, look, at the end of the day, I've always said it, and I've, you know, I've travelled the length and breadth of the country over years presenting medals and doing whatnot and doing some coaching. And, you know, I've, I've been asked a fair bit to maybe even outside the county to, to be coached. And I've always said, always everywhere, I, I said, I would prefer to be involved in tiddlywinks in my own county 
than being manager of, of, of uh, uh, somewhere else. It's purely and simply because there's an awful lot of work needs to be done, whether that's just you know, under 12 in my own club or 14s or whether that's a development squad in Kilkenny or whether that's football. But from a, a pride point of view, I was, I, was, I, was not, I was very disappointed that, you know, that that happened on that occasion. And, and, and with all due respect to Wexford and Wexford football, they're not Kerry, they're not Dublin. Yeah. You know, they're not the strongest team either, but yet they were so, so far. And they, are, they were putting in two teams, as in hurling and football. You know, so... Uh, I, I rang the, the chairman and, and we had a discussion. They said, well, he said, there's no point in me looking at, go, looking at the minor championship this year or next year because, you know, young fellas are out of football since they're in primary school. They probably haven't played a whole lot of football. So maybe to try and get them as they've come out of primary school and continue on from there. And that's what we did. So, you know, we, we, we for, for the first uh, year and a half, we went every second Saturday to combine it with football. I'm sorry, to combine it with the hurling every other uh, Saturday. And then for the last uh, maybe year and a half, we've gone um, twice a week. Why is there just such a lack of interest in the big ball in Kilkenny? I know you're not allergic to big balls because you play soccer and it's massively popular in Kilkenny. But for some reason, Gaelic football, I know the obvious thing to say is because you're so good at hurling, but Cork are brilliant at hurling, you know, and they have a football team in Galway. Why is there such a lack of interest or can this be, you know, can it be fixed? I, I don't know whether it can be fixed or not, uh, Wooly, um, because um, at the end of the day, we are a reasonably small county. Now, you can go to your own county in Leash and, and, and say uh, the very same, and you can provide uh, two pretty top class teams at every age group. So, you know, sometimes there's a lack of, of will, so sometimes there's a lack of, uh, of, of you know, intent. Um, you know, but we've we've won football club in the county, uh, being being the rail yard. You know, uh, everyone else hurls. I suppose when a championship comes around, uh, there's management come in, and they, 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 you know, I know one one club in Kilkenny this year have blamed um, the Kilkenny junior team for the not being successful last year. So they have asked uh, all their players, and I think they had five or six on the Kilkenny junior team last year, uh, not to go. And play football this year, which is which is what happened. So, yeah. you know, there's it, it's a pity. There's plenty of good footballers. There's always been good footballers. You know, with Dara Jive down in Australia playing uh, football, with loads of lads that would be maybe would have played with good counsel in Le- Leinster Championship. They would be right on the border of Kilkenny, but there would be some of those Kilkenny players. Kieran's College, you know, I I played. Kieran's College won a championship, and I think we played in a junior Leinster final at that age. Now that's at the cost of thirty odd years ago or more. Yeah, um, no, there was plenty good football. They still, Kieran's College is an interesting one because Brian Carroll is on the podcast here on the Hurling Show and he went to Kieran's and I was surprised to hear Kieran's actually do do have a football team there even though they're known for uh, hurling and he played on a team with Tommy Walsh and JJ Delaney and Jackie Terrell and or a good few other fellas and they did really well. Yeah, and, and, and uh, you know, uh, my understanding, and I can remember vaguely uh, way back, Kieran Jice, who was a brilliant Kilkenny holder, uh, retired a year or two ago. Kieran Jice, I think, uh, almost beat Laos on his own uh, in a Leinster Championship match in Drogheda or Dundalk, maybe around 
the, the, the early 2000s. So plenty of good football. Unfortunately, I suppose hurling is the big thing. Hurling is the number one. And I would say, and being honest, I would probably say, and this is not to uh, be nasty about it, I would, I would say that most people in Kenny didn't realise we were still training for a minor championship, uh, you know, even though, because it's, uh, like, a, a, all the credit, or most of the credit here has to go to parents of those young fellas, because their yeah. clubs certainly wouldn't have overly promoted it. And I'm not saying they were totally against it, but it was the parents of those young fellas drove them to train, and they they never got any expenses. We've never gone for food after training. We went, Once we went... Uh, after a match, and uh, you know, and, and that, that, that had nothing to do with the county board. To we went to McDonald's. So on, within, within the last week, uh, you know, we've had a couple of uh, meals after training, and that's it. So, and that's not to say it should happen. I'm just saying that you know, like it's fine for me. I I provided my service. I was happy to do it. Uh, Seamus Norris, Angelo Cullen, Thomas Rosper, Donald Carroll. We did it on 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 the back of if if people wanted to play football, we were going to be there. We'd do our best. We're hurling people, all of us. So um, uh, we might have done even a little bit better if we had actually football, uh, a better football knowledge over the team. But you know what? We put in an effort. Uh, but the, the, the main credit has to go to the parents who have driven those young fellas to train them because it's easy It's easy travel to minor hurling training, under 20 hurling training, senior hurling, or development squads in Kilkenny that's an easy thing because there's a, a badge of honour yeah uh, but but driving from Moonkind to Kilkenny or Pilltown the the, 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 the the most southern parts or furthest away up training on miserable wet evenings on a miserable Saturday at 10 o'clock when we could get a pitch that's not the, the glamour side of it and it's not that we all want to be in it for the glamour side because if we were you wouldn't take any part in the GA except the, the senior team in your county um, so you know, they have to take a huge amount of credit for this. Yeah, no, they definitely do. Come here, uh, you said that you're a hurling man, but at under 12, we, we all know you're a hurling man. You're le- a complete legend of the <laughs> hurling game. But at under 12 level, that wasn't the case. I was reading that at under 12, the footballers and the hurlers were playing on the same day. And you chose uh, football because your heroes were Pat Spillane, the Bomber List and Mikey Sheedy and all those kind of people. There'll be a lot of hurling snobs listening to this and they'll be melting here in this DJ that the great DJ Carey once chose football over hurling. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, and and that's the truth of it. I, I was a massive, uh, and, and still obviously would would love to carry football, even though you know I'd be a great admirer of of, of Dublin uh, as well now. But at that time, I grew up with Kerry uh, winning the the three in a row, and then uh, sorry, going for the, the five in a row at the time. Yeah. So uh, Seamus Darby, I cried. When Seamus Darby scored that goal all those years ago, because I thought it was from Kerry, I didn't realise the difference when you're a young fella. Um, You know, so I I grew up and uh, there was a great competition back then, and I don't even know whether it still goes on. Where it was called intercities competitions. I know we played Limerick and Louth and Dublin and in in teams. I don't know how uh, Louth qualified for intercities, but there's an intercities competition going on and. I was given the choice of hurling uh, for Kilkenny or playing football and I chose to play football. Right, and what what stage did that turn back around then towards hurling when you just became brilliant at hurling? Uh, I'd say... I'd say fairly quick after we got <laughs> a, a, a couple of oceans. But my, the, the first time I ever played in Crow Park, 
uh, Woolley had played against Dublin in a football match and uh, we got well beaten uh, but I know I scored two goals the same day as an under-12 game in, in, in Croke Park but, and so like you know it's, it's amazing uh, you know little small things that, that uh, you'd remember but certainly my, my very first uh, playing occasion was playing football for the Kilkenny under-12 team Right, that's brilliant. Brilliant when you when you hear little uh, little anecdotes like that. I was reading another thing, um, DJ, where like this is how ingrained hurling is in the young fellas in Kilkenny. Is that in hurling? You, this is a quote from you. You said in hurling, you try to drive the ball as far as it will go, and a lot of Kilkenny footballers do that too. So we're looking at changing that mindset. And I was thinking of just the young fellas at under 14 having played mostly hurling were you know just kicking it up almost like 1970s football because that's how you play hurling and they hadn't <laughs> never got co- they'd never got coached do you know what I mean the the differences uh, I, I suppose I'm just looking at television a lot or being at a few football matches I, uh, would you believe it would, I, I would, I was, I've never been and, and this is probably a slight on me but it's the way inter-county has gone now yeah. I've never been to a football training session in another county, uh, you know. So and uh, now most people wouldn't be to another Ireland county football session either because yeah. they wouldn't be let in. So we, we, you were, you were, we were basing our training on what they do from the television or being at a few matches, what they do it. So my my, my thing with with the fellas was, you know, with the young fellas, we get comfortable on the ball, and if that means when you're going forward, if you have to turn around and come back. And give it to someone behind you. That was fine. No, there's no issue. So the most the most important thing was to try and get comfortable, and we hold on to the ball, and we hold it, and we work it up, and then try and get it into a position where we can we can take a score. Now, some of our kicking wouldn't be absolutely magnificent, to be totally honest. But having said that, I, I would imagine if you were talking to the Louth manager uh, today, or even some people that were there, they'd say, you know what. Louth deserved to win, which they fully did. They fully did. We and uh, now their keeper made a couple of very good saves, but you know we have no arguments. But I would say that they would be mildly surprised with uh, with some of the skill level and 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 some of the play um, that that we produce. And as I say, that is down to the players because remember, um, on on top of everything else, it probably it it certainly wasn't the glamour thing for our players to be doing was to be playing uh, football. So. Like you're on a hiding to nothing. It's 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 always, always no footballs in Kilkenny. Oh well, at the senior hurling level, they're not good enough at the moment. But realistically, at any level, you have players to play. You are good enough to compete. You are good enough to win. And sometimes it's it's a mindset. And for us, the mindset was to get it right. We don't kick the ball away. We hold on to it. And you know what? If we make a mistake and they go down and they get a goal out of that mistake, well we'll kick the ball out and we'll go again it's as simple as that I read another great quote from you is do the simple things or the, you said the Kilkenny hurlers play that way that's by doing the simple things better than anyone else the exceptional things are only very rarely done and like I mean that's very well put because that's pretty much a fact yeah well you know I, I've often and I, this is not to say I'm a great fellow or was a great fellow my time was done Woolley, but we, we've all done something in, in a game or maybe done something once in every 10 games that looked absolutely phenomenal and and, and, and and in realistic terms we've probably never practiced it we've probably never done it we've never had an occasion to do it but we we always we have an occasion to do is rise a ball 10 times in a game or catch a ball 10 times or strike a ball 
and they're the simple uh, things. And it's the same in, in football. It's the same in any other sport. That uh, you you've got to get the the good things. You've got to get better at them. The simple things. You can't ever do enough of the simple things and get good at them and get better at them and get better again. And then when the odd occasion comes along, which is a very odd occasion, well, that, then that's fine. Uh, please, God, you have, it, uh, you have it in the background that you can do it. But, uh, and, and that's what I would be a great believer. That, but I would go around even hurling coaching and you'd maybe go to places and you'd be asked, well, you know, um, should, should, should we be moving now? Should all the forwards be moving into different positions and, you know, the, the centre forward here? And my answer is, well, can you strike the ball into that position? And if you strike it into that position, can the can your player catch it in that position, or can he rise it? Can he lay it off? Can he hand pass that ball if it comes along? So there's no point in having all the tactics if you don't actually have um, if you, if you don't have the basics. And that's what I would be a great believer in. Come here, the hurling the hurling fans on the show will kill me if I don't ask you about Kilkenny um, hurlers. Very competitive Leinster. Um, championship this year obviously with Dublin after stepping up you know to the plate after last year so we've maybe no disrespect to Carly you have four teams with not too much between them No there's not there's not uh, uh, Galway probably would, would be a little bit concerned as with Joe Canning now I know Johnny Green and, and um, Cooney's back uh, Conor Cooney are, are uh, both back uh, are on their way back uh, so that'll be a big boost Joe Canning will be a huge loss Kilkenny, you know, all teams have a few injuries at the moment. Uh, Kilkenny has. Uh, and I, I, I would imagine Brian Cody in his training at the moment from a Kilkenny point of view is saying that, you know, people are saying we haven't the hurlers. We haven't the, as good enough hurlers as we had in the past. We'll never have that. And, you know, you guys are the fellas that they're, they're actually uh, criticising. So, uh, you know, it's huge motivation for for um, for the likes of Kilkenny. Wexford, Wexford have laid low. Wexford, I think, are are dangerous enough. Uh, you know, Carlo, it's a huge occasion for Carlo. It, it, it'll be difficult. Uh, but I think if you want to be anywhere in any sport, you want to be playing at the top table. Now, whether you win or lose, you're certainly learning. And uh, I'm, I'm, I can't see Carlo coming out of the group and I don't mean that to be a, 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 a criticism it's just reality and if to do welfare dues to him uh, I think Dublin I, I think the Dublin Kilkenny match in Nolan Park is a massive one for Kilkenny I think we we would be in an awful lot of trouble uh, and it's a very good Dublin side uh, very good kind of the are very good in the National League semi-final so uh, that's that's a, I think that's the big one for Kilkenny and if if they were to win that they can go on and qualify if they if they don't win that I I would find or see it very difficult to get out of the group Right okay that's different who who do you, or it would be difficult for them who do you think will win the All-Ireland? Well you know uh, I suppose concrete to my own colleague uh, uh, I, I see Limerick as as being the team to beat, I, I and uh, last year, Willie, I was you know I, I do a column with the with the Mirror newspaper when I you know during the championship and all along I was you know it was who was going to beat Limerick if the team could beat Limerick I didn't think they would win the All Ireland but I thought the team that would beat them or come out eventually would be the team to win it and they went down and down and I think they've just gone from strength to strength uh, now. Having said that, that's the league, uh, and there'll be a huge amount of confidence still uh, 
in an All Ireland winning team throughout the league. So, but they they look to have played uh, just just great hurling. and they look to be just fully together. Um, and and uh, they would be very very hard team. So they would be my favourite team to win it. Yeah. Okay. Listen, DJ. Thanks very much for giving us your time and keep the football flag flying in Kilkenny. Do do me a favour and do that for me. <laughs> Well, we want we want a few more lads. Well, it's like everything else, and I, I don't mean to hold you on the show, but it's like everything else. You know, eventually, people like myself and you know the lads involved, we, we we need a break eventually from from sport to be able to take a year off or two off. So, if what's coming behind is what's most important, uh, you know, whether again that's a club level, uh, to be involved, and we need more management, and we need more. Get involved. So it's it's actually what's coming next after us is most important as well. Okay. Thanks very much, DJ. Talk to you again. Thanks, Wally. All right, great stuff from DJ there. We'll be back next week and we'll talk to you then. Good luck. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going. So it opened up. We're only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I, I'm heart, I'm heartbroken. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com.